Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, podcasting again. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here, Victoria. Um, Victoria reached out to me and said, I have a story. And um, if you're open, I would like to share it. That's how I remember it went. Is that it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, here we are. It was a little bit back. We had some scheduling snafus and tonight is the night the story wants to be told in a, in you know nighttime recording um thank you for being here for sharing your story I don't know your story so I'm gonna hear it with the audience and um as you know I will just sometimes I get excited and I jump in or ask <laughs> questions you can just be, all right you can um whatever you need to do this is open space for you to share so I will let you introduce yourself in whatever way feels right for you tonight and then um tell your story and let's let's um connect with some people all right sounds fabulous (laughs) all right well first of all I'm glad we're finally doing this and thank you I know (laughs) me too too. I'm like thank god finally (laughs) Um, but I guess to introduce myself, Victoria, um, I don't know how to introduce myself. I'm (laughs) I'm a person. I'm a woman. I, anything, anything that feels relevant to you. I'm an artist. I don't know. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a 28 year old. I live in mass and I, uh, I have a pretty boring life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I say all the time, I'm like, I'm just a regular person. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know how to introduce myself. I'm like, I work and I, I that's it. Like, so yeah. there's that, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was super stoked when you emailed back. I didn't think that it'd be so simple to just get on the podcast and, <laughs> I was like, this is like emailing a celebrity. I was like, like, (laughs) I'm just a regular person. I promise. (laughs) I was like, she probably won't even email me back. Or I was like, she probably has like lines of, you know, people lined up to like record on her podcast. So when I emailed you, I was like, oh my God. And it was so quick. I was like, oh my God. So, (laughs) but I am super excited. I'm super excited to share you know, my experience and my story, because I really haven't done that. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. to get it out there, which yeah. so I'm stoked about that. So can I ask, like, what to you feels like the value of sharing your story? Is it because, you know, it would have been helpful for you to hear because, you know, someone else has a similar story? Is it because like it's healing to tell it? Like what to you is the value of telling? I mean, I think it's definitely a good part of healing like I feel like I've done a lot of healing but I'm like I feel like maybe I might need this to get that little extra and then also you know my time my time in the process of healing 
I listened to a lot of abortion podcasts aside from yours. I listened to, I listened yeah. to, I think it's called the abortion diaries. Yeah. And, absolutely. and, yeah, and that's yeah. just female sharing their stories. And I was like, wow. I was like, none of these are exactly like mine. They're all different, but maybe there's someone out there that has a story that's just like mine that yeah. is waiting to hear one that's like, you know, like theirs. So, totally. so that's kind of where, so, but yeah, but all right. definitely a big part in healing. Tell so. us, what was your story? How did you land here in a place that you have a story to tell? All right. Well, let me go back to, so this no, October of 2020, I started dating my boyfriend. His name is Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, we did date th- like three years ago back in the day and it didn't work out. And, you know, we kind of found our way back to each other again. So we kind of rekindled things in 2020 in December. I'm sorry, October. I don't know why I keep saying December. In October. Yeah. Um, we basically became infatuated with each other pretty quickly. It was kind of all over again, like in the matter of a month, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, needless to say, of course we weren't, you know, I'm the kind of person I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I don't like birth control. I don't like pills. I don't like anything like that. I try my best to avoid all kinds of stuff if I can. So I'm like, we don't need to take birth control. We're fine. (laughs) So, um, and of course, you know, we weren't exactly being the safest and making the best practices of someone who wasn't on birth control. So we started dating in October. You mean you were human? (laughs) Like the rest of the humans in the world? Right. We were human. So um, we'd start dating in October. I was pregnant by February, Mm -hmm. very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I found out on April 1st. Ha ha. Go figure Mm -hmm. April 1st. All right. How funny is that? (laughs) (sighs) Um, But I I knew it was. April 2021 then. Yes. And yes. now we're like, oh, just over a year into the pandemic. So there's that mm-hmm. element to the story too. Just throw that in there. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I obviously knew before I even took a pregnancy test, I was pregnant. I knew essentially like right away, you know, you just know your body. And I told him and he was like, okay, let's take a test. So it came out positive and it was without a thought in my mind that I was going to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just not in a place One, we haven't been dating that long Two, I have a son. I have a seven-year-old. Um, and then my boyfriend has a four-year-old. Um, yeah. and he, at the time when we were together and we were starting to date and, you know, become really serious, him and the daughter, his mother's daughter had broken up and were going through not only a custody battle, but they were going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. So it was not a good time for a child. Um, And I've always been very adamant in my life. I don't want any more children. I'm done. I'm one and done. And he's felt the same way. So it was, it was without a doubt. This is what I was going to do. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even question it, you know? Yeah. Um, And you did divulge your state, which is very accessible to abortion. So yeah. Yep. So I, um, called up Planned Parenthood and I scheduled mm-hmm. an appointment and I think I had an I don't know two weeks later maybe if that I had an appointment my best friend went with me mm-hmm. I remember specifically it was in April and it was snowing so weird 
Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was like one random day it snowed mm -hmm. um, and it took absolutely forever. So I did the medication one where you take home the pills and you yeah. choose mm -hmm. to do them whatever, which way you want. Um, so that weekend, I think I went on a Friday and they, you know, they tell you to take the pills 24 hours the first after the first set or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I had my son and we were at my parents' house for the weekend. And I think I was babysitting their dog. And I took these pills, not knowing what I was in for mm. at my parents' house. With, and it was miserable. It was mm. just painful. It was mm. awful, you know, but I was like, all right, this is, this is what it is. Um, and along with that, I didn't have a whole lot of emotion and I didn't really feel, you know, anything like I was like, this just needed to be done. This happens. Yeah. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, after a week or whatever, I went back to Planned Parenthood and I was like, I got to get on some birth control here. Um, so again, like I said, I hate birth control, but I'm like, I have no choice. So I got this copper IUD, yeah. um, that has no hormones that lasts what 10 years I'm like this will be great I don't have to take a pill every day I don't have to get a shot every however many months so I get this IUD worst experience of my life <laughs> I, I passed know out. a lot of people struggle with the IUD yeah I yeah. passed out on the floor at the Planned Parenthood mm. um like almost got a concussion it was a try oh <laughs> no I'm so sorry um that's all right but <laughs> um anyway so we're going about, you know, everything's back to normal. You know, we're going about our life, my boyfriend and I. And so I got my IUD in April, May. I think I maybe had gotten like a regular period. Things were starting to regulate. I don't really remember. And that, but something struck me. I think I missed another period. Mm. And I was like, mm, I was like, okay, what's going on? I was like, is, is my cycle just whack? Cause I just got this, this IUD, you know, like things. So I was like, I'm just going to take, you know, I was paranoid, of course. So I'm like, I'm just going to take a pregnancy test. So this is in June of last year. Mind you, I got the, the IUD put in in April. I take the pregnancy test and it comes out positive. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like devastated. I'm, I'm Oh, we just lost positive. your sound for a second. Oh. You said I'm devastated. And then. Yep. I said, I'm, de I'm devastated. I'm like on the bathroom toilet crying. I am distraught that this is happening again. And I'm like, I tried to avoid this. Like, how is this a thing yet again? Yeah. And the second time around was the worst time. If I would have just had the first abortion and that would have been it, I probably wouldn't feel the need to, you know, try to heal myself or come on here and share my story and stuff. But it's the second one yeah. that really did the damage. So I found out I was pregnant and I was like, there's no way that I can put myself through that again. One, like the physical aspect of it is terrible. And I'm like, two, it just, um, like, it's not, like, it's just not fun. Of course it's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, and for whatever reason with this one, I was so much more emotionally attached than the first one. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had said, the first one, I was like, no doubt about it this is didn't even think twice this is what I'm yeah, doing yeah this, this one I ended up so I was I ended up not going back to Planned Parenthood I went to just like my normal OBGYN that I hadn't seen in a very long time mm -hmm. and they had to do you know they had to find my IUD they ended up finding the IUD moved um so they were like we think it was put in slightly wrong and then just you know 
having sex and stuff, it moved. Yeah. It was actually in my abdomen and I ended up having oh, to get it surgically removed. Yeah, I had to have it surgically removed, which was oh. terrible. Um, but they were like, yep, by the time I had gotten there, I was already like seven weeks pregnant or six weeks pregnant. Something like yeah. that. Um, so I was, you know, very much like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not making this decision quick. And my boyfriend was also very much like, this is your body. I know you went through the first time, you know, like, I'm going to tell you how I feel, but ultimately it's up to you. It's your body. It's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And I sat on that for a week and I was so stressed. Cause I'm like, the, the clock is ticking here. Like I'm going to have a question. Stress. Yeah. Just because I'm curious, did, did they remove the IUD and then you still kept the pregnancy or did you, where were you, when you said I sat on that, were you sitting on the IUD out of place <laughs> and the pregnancy? Correct. Yeah. So they so, did say they, yeah. So both of them, they were okay, like, gotcha. if you want to continue, they did tell me they're like, if you want to continue the pregnancy and have it full term, you can get the IUD removed in your second trimester. Cause then gotcha. it would be considered safe. Um, they were like, if you wanted to keep the pregnancy right now, it would not be safe to take it out. Um, or okay. they were like, essentially, you could go your whole pregnancy with it, and then we could remove it after you give birth. Um, or they were like, you know, if you don't want to have the pregnancy, of course, you know, take care of the pregnancy, then we'll remove the IUD. Okay. Um, but they didn't know at first, essentially, if I was going to have to have surgery or not to remove the IUD. They had to have, like, some doctor look at it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was sitting on the thought of, you know, I only have a certain amount of time here to really think of this. Yeah. And, you know, my boyfriend's telling me, you know, this is your choice. This is your body. This is, you know, um, and it was such a hard decision for me to think about doing it again, but it was also so hard for me to think about bringing another child into the world, given there was not much of a difference in both of our lives between the first pregnancy and the second pregnancy. Yeah. He was still going through a really gnarly divorce. He mm -hmm. was still going through a custody battle. Um, financially we wouldn't been able to do it you know so I was just like we still haven't been together a lot long you know um so I just for weeks just I almost ignored the situation yeah because I was like yeah. this is too hard to think about doing either of them yeah um and then finally one day my boyfriend says to me I don't know on like a Saturday or something he's like all right maybe we should sit down and talk about this so I'm like okay so we sit down and he you know, tells me, he's like, again, you're going to do whatever you want. It's your body and I'm going to support you regardless. And he was like, but I don't think it's a good idea. You know, I don't think that it we're in the right place for this. Maybe if this was a year from now, it would be easier. Um, and he basically made all the points I've just said, you know, he's going through a divorce, a custody battle, um, you know, and we're, we both have children that we want to give better to, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and I knew that's what his, response was going to be I knew that's what his argument was going to be yeah um but hearing it come out of his mouth was just like yeah, just hard yeah I was yeah. hoping there was there was a little part in me that was hoping he'd be like no I don't want you to go through that again like I love you let's figure it out yeah. um but he yeah. didn't and that's not his fault of course yeah um but I remember after that conversation I knew that having an abortion yet again was what I needed to do and I went and laid in bed for hours and just cried. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I got up, went and got like $10 worth of McDonald's food. 
ate it and went back to bed and cried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the, the start of everything. So I called the doctor, I don't know, the following week and told them, you know, I'm going to terminate and, you know, let's schedule for that. And I knew better this time that I was going to do it when I didn't have anything to do on the weekend. Um, so I, on a Friday afternoon, same exact deal, you know, went to the OBGYN. I did again, the pills at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she gave me my first dose and I went home and I was like, I'm not going anywhere all weekend. I'm staying right in this bed. And the second abortion was physically worse than the first one for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Maybe I don't know. It just felt worse. I was more sick. It just seemed like it lasted longer. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, and all day Saturday, I think I was laid up in bed most of the day Sunday. And then finally I was giving myself cabin fever. I was like, I have to go out. I was like, I can't sit in this house. It was starting to get to me emotionally. I was feeling mad at my boyfriend that I was in pain and he wasn't there. I was mad at the world that I was going through this again. I was mad at myself. Totally. I was I was mad at the doctors for placing my IUD wrong, whatever, whatever. I was mad at everybody and everything. Yeah. So I got up, I got up and by myself and I went to the movie theater and I was like, all right. So that's what I did. Um, so after that, you know, you just resume normal life and you just try to go about things. And I thought that I would be normal and I would be okay. Mm -hmm. But like you said, we're all human beings and the amount of grief that I felt for this second abortion was insane. Mm -hmm. And I was very confused at first. I'm like, why do I feel this way? I chose this. This is the best decision. Why do I, why do I feel like I'm mourning a loss? Like, why do I feel like I just lost my child? Like, why do I feel like I lost my loved one? Like, why do I feel like this? And I started waking up every day, miserable, depressed, Mm. miserable, stomping around. Just, I just felt like I was constantly walking around with a black cloud above me. Mm. And finally it got to the point where I was like, I need somebody to, I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to a therapist. I have a regular therapist that I've been seeing for years, but I was like, I need somebody that specializes in this. Like I need to do something. Yeah. So I got on Google and I Googled, I don't know what I looked, I don't know, post-abortion counseling, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The closest place I could find, the closest place I can find um, was Boston, which is really not ideally that close to me for where I live. It's like an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, okay, like this is what we're going to have to do. So I reached out to them and I had to wait like a month, um, but I finally got like a, a therapy session in and they specialized, I forget what it was called, but they were awesome. It was a free service that specialized mm. in um, not just post-abortion um, counseling, but they preg- they specialized in help with women who are pregnant. If you don't know resources or you don't know where to go, or if you're looking for an abortion, you don't know what to do, or if you're considering it, or just any sort of anything surrounding pregnancy or abortion. Um, and I was so happy to finally just find somebody. And I went in there, that therapy session, I think it was probably the end of September I had gone in, and I just spilled my guts. Mm. And that is where I learned that there's so much grief that surrounds abortion. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that 
you know, of course, and you've talked about this on the podcast that's, that's talked about is known. It's very much a kind of like a stigma. Like, why are you just like I said, why am I upset? I chose this or this yeah, is the best yeah. thing, you know? So I went through months of therapy every single Monday with my therapist. Her name was Sarah months and months and months. Um, working on my goals, um, working on getting better, um, for months, I was depressed. It was mm. uh, months and months. Like I said, I walked around and it felt like a very dark cloud over my head constantly 24 seven. I couldn't walk past the baby section at Walmart without mm. crying. I couldn't, um, one of my coworkers had brought her newborn in. She was on maternity leave, had brought her newborn in and everybody was, you know, over there. Oh, you know, the baby's so cute. And I ran in the back and I cried because mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Um, but needless to say, I did the work for months and months up until we're in July right now. I think my last meeting with my therapist was just in May, mm. maybe in the middle of May. So it was very recent that I stopped seeing her. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely say I've come out on the other side a bit, not a hundred percent. As she told me there, it will never a hundred percent go away. She's like, it'll always, you'll have, you know, waves as she said of grief and of sadness, but they will get less intense. And it is true. They do. They have, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but yeah. So that's where kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. I think what's so interesting is how unpredictable it is, right? Like even if you've had one, exactly having another isn't necessarily going to be the same experience, just like having kids, right? Like you yeah. have one kid, you're like, oh, this is great. I'll have another. It's no rhyme or reason to what a second mm -hmm. child, a second pregnancy, a second abortion is mm -hmm. going to be like. And so I think your story really highlights like we can't just assume it's going to be okay. We can't just assume it's not going to be okay. We, mm -hmm. we have to recognize like abortion is a, it is a part of healthcare for people who carry pregnancies and we need to be prepared for whatever comes next for people. Like right. assuming everyone's going to be okay. Doesn't work. Assuming everyone's not going to be okay. Doesn't work. Like, we need a system of healthcare that makes room for everyone's unique story, everyone's unique experience um, with the understanding that like, we have no idea what's, what's going to come afterwards. Uh -huh. And so it does frustrate me a little bit to know how it is and to hear your story and to know, were you did you feel like you had any resources from the provider of the abortion care? Like, it sounds to me like you sought out resources, like you were bound and determined to find help right. because you knew it was important and you found that on your own, or am I missing a piece in the story where you had resources from a provider? No. So um, I didn't really allow the providers to give me the chance. Also, they did ask. Yeah, they did ask, and I think when they first checked in with me, it was you know they sent me home with my pills, and they're like, okay, we're gonna do a follow up and an ultrasound in three weeks, you know, and it was kind of a slow 
rolling ball at first. Like it was almost, I was trying to smush my grief down and yeah, I was trying to like be like, I, oh, I'll it's be not fine. There. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. So when I first went or when they first called me, I think they had called me a few days after, you know, they had sent me home the following week just to check in. How are you? And I remember specifically whoever I talked to asking, how are you doing emotionally? Which I was like, amazing. Right. And I, and I remember being like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. Yep. Things are fine. I think everything's okay. Um, and because at that time, that's actually how I felt. Yeah. Um, and then it was all of a sudden within however long that things came to the surface. And I was like, I can't keep it under anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm not saying like, I know how care should be provided or there is one way care should be provided. I think the, the premise of all my work is that like, this is messy and complex and there's no set rules and there's no set formulas. And we just need to do a better job talking about all of it and going, Oh, this is your story. Now we know that's a way it can, it can happen. Oh, this is your story. Now we know that's a way it can happen. And there are mm-hmm. so many layers and factors to everyone's story. Yep. Um, looking back now with your, okay, so it's July. So you've just passed the one year mark. Um, I had right? my, almost. So I had the procedure. I had the second one by the time everything came about, I had it the second one in August of last year. So it's been almost a year. Oh, okay. It's actually, I remember it was Friday the 13th specifically. Okay. So, but yeah. Wait, so so your first pregnancy test was April 1st and then your second abortion was Friday the 13th? (laughs) Those are memorable. I didn't put that that together, but yeah. (laughs) But you've done a lot of healing. You showed up for yourself. Um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, yeah. What order do I want to ask them in? I think, I think I want to ask first. What? How did you know it was worth figuring out? That it was worth driving to Boston. That it was worth risking a like creating a relationship with a new therapist that it was like how did you know it was something you needed to do was it because Um, it was impacting like the function of your life or was it because like I I know this can I know I can live a life with more joy it has to like what how did you know I mean I think maybe a little bit of both of those I definitely felt my day-to-day function you know, I was still getting up and going to work. I was still being a parent. I was still doing whatever I needed to do, but I was definitely not as happy. I was definitely waking up like, ugh, like yeah. I got to get up and go to work. Yeah. My, you know, like I was walking around work miserable, just doing the bare minimum. I just felt genuinely, just genuine grief and depression, I think for the first time in my life. And I was like, all right, this is, this feels dark. This feels like depression. And I was like, um, okay. And finally I was, it was getting so bad. I was irritable. I was, me and my boyfriend were, we were fighting because I was just picking fights of everything. I would 
argue with him about the way the Tupperware was in the container, I mean, in the cabinet, because yeah, I was just yeah. so irritated. And he was really good about it. He never wanted to suggest, like, get help because he didn't want to step on my toes because he knew yeah, it was such yeah. a sensitive situation. But finally, at one point, I just felt like I was drowning. And I was like, I need, I, I recognize that I am in trouble if I don't do something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think it's worth pointing out too, like every story has many layers and I can't imagine you got through a year plus of a pandemic with no, like, like everyone had mental health challenges, oh, <laughs> Not yeah. like clinical, but like on top of processing this loss, um, you also had that added layer of like, you're coming into this under the stress of being in a pandemic for over a year right of just being a human (laughs) yeah so that's another piece is like maybe if this had happened to you three years ago or in three years it would have been a completely different story but we don't Uh we have to factor in the whole of people's lives like right life has been stressful now I'm facing this loss I don't have the same resources to to manage yeah, a loss and and changed expectations the way that I might have in a healthier time in my life. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just want to commend you for knowing that not just knowing you needed help, but taking action and like pretty significant action. It wasn't even like someone local or online Uh like it sounds like you really put in the time to to Uh get the care you needed so Uh um that is an example for people who are listening that it's worth it like I can tell they can't see you but I can see you so I can tell Uh that like this was a well worthy journey to it was it was yeah and it was worth it a hundred percent but I did it a hundred percent yeah so the other question I wanted to ask you is now, now that you're to this point where you are today, uh-huh. um, having closed the therapy piece, being almost a year out, um, what, and maybe you did this work in therapy, I don't know, uh-huh. what do you wish you had been able to say to yourself in some of the hardest times, like if you could go back and be like, Victoria, this is what I want you to know. What is, what is the thing that you wish you had been able to offer yourself? Um, (laughs) I think definitely offer myself a little bit more. Um, you're good. Okay. Um, I think definitely offer myself a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, room, I guess you could say room to grieve almost like I, yeah. for however long, you know, like I, I was just so, and even when I first started therapy, I was like, this doesn't make sense that I feel this way. And my therapist was like, no, this makes sense. Like, this is, this is a big thing. And I was like, but I don't get it. Like, um, so I guess one would be to give myself some room to grieve a little bit more, to let myself feel a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but two also would to be not have beat up on myself so much. Cause I really, mm-hmm. really 
really just felt guilty. Like I was like, I did this to myself. And like, and I had said that to my boyfriend so many times and his words were like, no, like we tried to avoid this. Like we did everything the right way to try to avoid this. Mm -hmm. We were trying to be responsible. We tried to avoid this, but things just happen, you know? Um, And the other thing would just be that things get better because Mm. like last September, October, when I was really in like the deepest part of this whole journey, I was just so miserable. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to go the rest of my life and not be miserable all the time. Yeah. And what, yeah, if you were to, I know it's an impossible question and like, really just a shot in the dark but if you were to attribute like a percentage of healing that just happened with pure time and a percentage that happened with the investment in yourself to find the person to drive there to hear her to receive her to be in her space to let your right like I think I guess my question is and it's going to be different for everybody. <laughs> Does do things get better with time or do things get better with commitment and investment in yourself and your well-being? Um, I mean, ultimately, just like you said, it's different for everybody. Um, but for myself personally, I think, of course, I think time heals everything or makes it hurt less regardless of what a situation is of course and I think if I never went through therapy and I didn't put in the work I would um certainly have healed a little bit on my own just over the last year but I definitely contribute and give credit to my therapy far more than time if that's what you're asking which is yeah what I think yeah I think it, just yeah go ahead it um putting in the work and like acknowledging that I needed it and being able to sit down and acknowledge with somebody what I was feeling and have it validated and that it's normal and that, you know, walking through these steps and realizing and learning that this is a thing that women really grieve this all over the world um, and putting in the time and talking about it with somebody else and them allowing me to share what I feel is the biggest part of me healing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who's listening and thinking, I'm still too scared to, to see a therapist or talk to Amanda or whatever it is. Um, so I'll just wait and see, like, what would you say to that person who's saying, I'm just going to wait and see. I would say, just do it. Just talk to a therapist, talk to you, whatever, talk to even if you don't have, even if a person doesn't have access to a therapist, because I was really lucky. I found that free program. Yeah, it's um, amazing. That's and so of good. course, not everybody is going to have access to a free program. And I totally understand that. And not everybody has insurance and not everybody has the means to be able to go see a therapist. They can't drive there or whatever the case may be. But if there is the opportunity for you to talk to somebody, be it you or a therapist or a parent or a friend or whoever just it feels so good to talk yeah and it feels so good to let it out I can't tell you even clients who I who I work with you know will will be working together and then they'll say I told so and so and I feel so much better I told so and so and I feel so much better it's Mm -hmm. like the power of telling your story 
well, like I asked you at the beginning of this call, like, what do you see as the value? And part of the value is just like telling your story in a new way, in a new Uh space to a new person. Uh We, I, if this even happens to me, my abortion was five years ago. I talk about abortion every day. Uh-huh. Every time I say something about it, I'm like, oh, that's how I feel. Like it's still yeah. like every time I speak the words out loud, they come out a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, find someone you can trust and yep. and share your share your story is deeply yep. like it's just such a powerful healing tool to I agree. It really is. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything you haven't said that you want to say before we wrap up or, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of asked you the question, like, what do you wish you had told yourself, but anything you, you want to tell, like either say in the space of storytelling or tell to the listeners? Um, hmm. I don't think if I have anything else to say. Mm-hmm. You don't <laughs> I feel like this is, as mu- this is as much as I've talked about this topic and I can't tell you how long. Yeah. Um, I think just to reiterate what we were just talking about, if at any point, I feel like if you're anybody that's dealing with an abortion or considering having an abortion or anything like that, if you're already thinking about talking to somebody you know, whether you're sitting there, you're like, no, I'll just wait, or I'm scared, or it's not going to do anything for me. If you're already thinking about it in your head, just do it, because it's already there, the thoughts are already in your head, and it's going to do nothing but benefit from you. I mean, you're going to do nothing but benefit from the situation. So just invest the time in yourself, because if there's anything I learned from this situation, grief comes in I think I haven't really experienced a lot of grief in my life I've been very fortunate I haven't lost a lot of I haven't lost a lot of family members I haven't lost friends I've been very very fortunate in my life and this was probably the most grief I've ever experienced in my life and so this really taught me and really kind of smacked me down on my butt and was like this is grief this is grief this is how grief is and I've learned that it can come in so many different forms and it has so many different stages and it can present itself in so many different ways. And it's, it's. Oh, I lost your voice again. The help. Oh, yeah. Um, anything that anybody feels is not invalid. And then if you need the help, you need the help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you did say like grief presents itself in so many ways. And I think one of the ways people don't recognize is is as grief is anger. Like if you're experiencing a lot of anger, a lot of impatience, a lot of frustration after something like an abortion or multiple abortions, like there's a good chance that underneath that anger is some layer of grief that that's wanting to be looked at. So yeah, Mm -hmm. grief does present in lots of different ways. Yep. 100%. Thank you so much for being here and sharing and um, and reaching out. Yeah, I, I think you reached out. I had just finished like sharing everything I had batch recorded. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, it's time for another batch. And then you reached out. I was like, perfect. <laughs> <And since laughs> then, I, I think I have like eight podcasts recorded right now. But um, 
So yeah, your timing was beautiful. Um, Your story belongs on the podcast and it will definitely help people. Good. That's all I can hope for really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Have a beautiful night. And now every time you listen to the podcast in the future, you'll be like, I, I know her. (laughs) right I know this little celebrity we spent 45 (laughs) minutes together (laughs) yeah she is totally normal (laughs) well maybe she's actually not really normal but (laughs) not that scary all right thank you so so much thank you Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.